0: What's up, military millionaires? Today's episode is extremely exciting. It is with Jason Redman, author of Trident and Overcome, New York Times bestselling author. Also, uh, wounded veteran, made an awesome recovery, teaches speaking, like public speaking, has just some awesome platforms. This guy is incredible. I got to meet him in person a few months ago, and his story just rocked me, and he is just Incredible. So I finally got him on the show. Super excited to bring this to you, Navy SEAL veteran Jason Redmond, and we are going to talk through how to overcome obstacles, which is extremely relevant given what's going on in the world right now. Definitely stay tuned. As always, show notes are found at From Military to slash podcast. Now relax and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Military
1: Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances, build wealth through real estate and become a person that is worth knowing.
0: Hey, what's up, guys? I wanted to take a brief moment and talk to you about one of my favorite websites or apps for finances, and that is personal capital. Now, what personal capital does is you can go in and you can set it up. It takes a little, like a few minutes, but you can link every financial institution account that you own to it, including the Thrift Savings Plan. You link it all to this. You can even link your properties as far as like, you can link your mortgage, and then you can put what you think the property's worth. And it will, it does all sorts of stuff, tracks your spending, all this other stuff. But my favorite thing is that it is a net worth tracker. So if you're, you put your properties go up in value or it's worth $500,000, every time you pay off your mortgage, that will show, and then it will just update. And now you know, hey, my net worth is increasing, or you see that your TSP increased, or you see that your credit card debt went up, and you need to pay some down, or you see your credit card went down, and you have more net worth. So it's it's a phenomenal way to track everything in one spot, and you can also see a lot of great statistics. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal app. I'll put the link down below for you guys. Hey, what's up, military millionaires? I'm your host Dave Bray, and I'm here with Alexander Felice and our guest today. Jason Redman, who is a retired Navy SEAL, Wounded Warrior, New York Times, bestselling author of both The Trident and Overcome, uh, veteran advocate, acclaimed leadership and resilience speaker, coach, consultant. And I had the pleasure of meeting him uh, a few months ago. He came out to San Diego with a guy that I really look up to named Bedros, and they did a a free for veterans thing. And I got to hang out and talk and, and do lunch, and it was incredible and i'm just really glad that we were able to have this opportunity jason has an incredible story so welcome to the show brother
2: yeah thanks guys i appreciate you guys having me on yeah absolutely why don't you uh give the audience a little background and tell
0: tell a little bit of your story real quick before we dive into all the cool stuff you got going on now
2: all right for sure it's a uh, i'll try and condense a lot into a very small package i mean the bottom line uh i was a Young kid, I was 17 years old, still in high school when I joined the military, aspirations to be a SEAL, and uh, went straight down that pipeline, found myself in SEAL training when I was uh, 19, so uh, was 20 when I became a SEAL, started operating in Central and South America doing counter drug work, uh, got picked up, went off, became an instructor, got picked up for a uh, commissioning program, got commissioned. Uh, it was at school when 9-11 happened and then got commissioned in 2004. Uh, the world had changed, obviously, and really the military had changed. Those who had watched that transition, we quickly learned that a lot of the tactics in this new warfare we were fighting uh, was, was different. And there were a lot of things that had to be adapted. So some of those hard lessons that I learned as a young leader, uh, I stumbled and made some mistakes. And, uh, and thankfully I had some good leadership that believed in me despite those mistakes and they gave me some opportunities to grow and build myself and that kind of started this whole new path of, of leadership, this journey of leadership. Along that journey, I went to US Army Ranger School, uh, really came to understand who I was, strengths and weaknesses and then uh, from there continued to climb uh, up the ladder, learning more and more. Um, Deployed to Iraq in 2007 with a, during a very active time in the Iraq war, working in the Western province of Iraq um, and got shot up in a big gunfight in September of 2007, hit uh, eight times between my body and body armor, including two rounds to my left elbow and a round to my face. So needless to say, did a whole lot of damage, took about four years and almost 40 surgeries to put me back together. Uh, during that time, while I was in the hospital, got uh, quite a bit of notoriety for this bright orange sign I hung on my door that basically said, don't come into this room with sadness or pity. I'm going to make a full recovery by just being relentlessly optimistic and lifting others up. Um, that sign enab- enabled me to meet President Bush and to this day uh, still has tremendous momentum Uh, multiple people have written about it in their books, including secretary of defense, Robert Gates, first lady, Michelle Obama, and, uh, went on, finished my career, retired with 21 years. Uh, while I was still on active duty, I started my own nonprofit to help wounded warriors, ran that for almost 10 years. During that time, started speaking on leadership and resiliency to companies, teams, and organizations, Wrote my first book, *The Trident*, which was about that leadership journey, um, and now am focused full time on speaking. Uh, moving into the coaching world, I'm starting to develop some consulting programs, and uh, just a few months ago, launched my new or released my new book, *Overcome* which is really the step-by-step process of how you build and overcome mindset, how you deal with extreme crisis and adversity. So it is a fantastic book uh, for our times right now. I've been getting a lot of people reaching out to me who have read it and said, oh my God, I'm so glad I read your book before you know we got hit with Kung Flu.
1: Is it just me or does everybody else feel like an uh, emotionally weak loser now? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know man uh, but I, 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 hey we're all we all feel the same way though because i see other people who will throw out I, I don't know what it is about human nature that we're such compare we're such compare based organisms like we look at somebody else like dave you brought up bedros and when i met bedros coolian we we spoke at the same event And I remember looking at the roster of speakers and these guys were all like multi-millionaire, super big entrepreneurs. And I was just like, what the hell am I doing? Speaking on this stage with these guys. Uh, So it is funny, Alex, that you bring that up. I think all of us, all of us do it, man. We look at somebody else and we try and compare. And it's one of the big things I try and make sure I don't do, even though I do it from times and I try and tell others, man, hey man, you got to set your own path. Uh, we all walk a different path.
1: Yeah. I like that, though. It's inspiring, too. And, um, you know, I like the not to go off too on a tangent, but I like what you said just then about, um, and not to compare my situation to yours in any way, but I do feel that as arrogant, uh, I'm known for my arrogance. I know you don't know me, but that's what I'm known for. Uh, or at least my persona of arrogance. And so, but I also feel that- I mean, that- you got
2: to be super arrogant to rock that bright pink shirt as an army guy. Like you just got to embrace it. You're like, this is me in this super pink shirt. I love it.
1: No, uh, yeah, nobody else can do it but me. Uh, that's humble. That's not, that's not arrogant. That's humble. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, <you> know, <laughs> but look, um, you know, what you said was really important. Um, I think you said, I go in front of all these entrepreneurs and I'm speaking and you say, what do I have to say to these people? Um, and you know, I think that there's a balance between it's a very, it's, it seems like extremes, humility and arrogance, but there's a balance because you have to be arrogant enough to go up there and speak about your truth, but humble enough to say, Hey, look, you know, these are impressive people that I shouldn't be, I shouldn't, uh, it's an intimidating, it's an intimidation factor, which is, which is a uh, manifest of humility. So I like that you, you know, you do have both, you know, you have, uh, you have to stay a little bit humble to think that there's other people that shouldn't be as impressed by you.
2: And, and I think – and I bet I know that some of that came from the path that I walked because I will tell you that I had, I had a lot of arrogance when I was younger. I really thought I was – I mean, I came back into the SEAL, and that's why I made a lot of mistakes as a young leader. Um, I really thought I was like God's gift to leadership, you know. Um, and, and when I fell, and I fell hard, man. I mean, I had quite a few guys in the SEAL teams that said, kick that guy out, get rid of him. He's dangerous. You know, all he thinks about is himself. And, uh, and, and that's a very humbling journey. And it, it, that journey of really coming to understand who I was, my strengths, my weaknesses, that I wasn't as great as I thought I was, uh, really, I think, has kept me grounded now for all these years that um, oftentimes our perception of ourselves does not match the perception that other people see. Uh, and, and sometimes they're drastically different. And I think if you can stay grounded and understand that, um, you know, you're never quite as great as you think you are. Uh, that's kind of what I always remind myself. Yeah. How dare dare you, sir.
0: (laughs) Oh man, that's, uh, (laughs) it's true, but it's unfortunate. So that's incredible. And I, I love that you speak openly about that because a lot of people, you know, would kind of bury the hatchet, so to speak about failures. It's, it's, it's almost like, like, frowned upon for people to publicly say like hey I messed this up and so I love that you're open and transparent about that I think that speaks volumes how uh I know you've been doing uh lives you've been going live like every day during the pandemic and everything but how how are you holding up with everything going on right now how do you think some of the resilience stuff is I know you mentioned it already that it's been it's been going off the shelves but how do you think some of that can portray into like current what's going on right now
2: Well, I think more than ever, we need it right now. I mean, I think some of the biggest things that I speak on is having structure, having some discipline, having those goals, um, you know, finding positivity in the negativity. I mean, right now, God, we're inundated with negativity. I mean, every time you turn around, um, the news is already negative enough as it is. So if you watch the news prior to the pandemic, it was, you know, this politician's terrible and this politician's terrible. Uh, on both sides of the aisle and then, you know, throw, throw in a nice, you know, helping of, uh, you know, rapings, killings, murders and, uh, you know, everything else that's going on in the world. So we're inundated with negativity all the time. So well, now we've got the pandemic that's, you know, taking over all the news. So um, and, and we're all feeling it it's not just one of these things in the news where you listen to and you're like, well, you know, that doesn't really touch me. I mean, there's nobody out there that hasn't been impacted by this. Um, you know, so many people, what our our unemployment uh, 35 million, I believe is what the claims were last week. One of the highest in us history uh, you know, businesses are shutting down at at you know, astronomical rates. So all of us are feeling the impact myself included. I mean, I, my primary revenue source was speaking on stages, and, and I was on track to have the most successful quarter in the history of my company uh, uh, rolling into the second quarter of 2020. And in about, uh, not kidding you, in a 96-hour period, we watched every single event get canceled like dominoes falling to where suddenly we went from the best quarter we've ever had, Will this will be unequivocally the worst quarter we've ever had in the history of our company. So, and I'm faced with all those decisions that any other small business owner is faced with, you know, how do I, um, thankfully we were smart. Uh, my wife and I have always tried to keep three months of operating expenses in our account if we can help it. And thankfully, because we have been strong, we had that. So we were able to manage that to take care of our staff, but you know, you're having to watch every expense, you're watching things, everybody's trying to pivot. And you know, how do we figure this out? So the bottom line is, I'm, <laughs> I'm going back and using my own principles, even for myself to be like, Hey, dude, let's fuck up. Let's get off the X. Man. Where's the silver lining in this? I know there's some positivity out there. And, and that's what we're focusing on. And that's what we're trying to spread to other people, like you said, in the lives we're doing every night.
1: yeah i I don't have the scale I don't think that you do, but i you know you said it first, right like you can sit around and watch that news, but you know maybe you're maybe you're more informed, maybe you're not, but you're certainly more miserable, and that doesn't help anybody and it's not to say you should ignore these things, but you know like I'm still going out and doing business you know I've started a lot of to try to pivot a lot of people are trying to pivot um and not to make you know uh to your point I think uh I'm not big on structure, personally. It, I, I mean, not to say I'm against it; I just can't do it. <laughs> but uh, I think it, right now it's time for everybody to find their 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 own path uh, through this. Because if you sit there and you look towards, God forbid, you look towards the news for help. I mean, they're not helping you right now; they're just selling fear.
2: Yep, yeah. and you nailed it. You know, are you listening to something that actually gives you? useful information and in the beginning uh, like i i almost never watched the news i went through a period where i just totally cut it out and, and i mean if there was anything big going on in the world i'd see it in social media or somebody would mention it to me um wow. and and since the pandemic started i started watching it um i started watching it a lot uh, a lot more uh, but I'm now I feel like I'm getting into this bad habit. I'm breaking out of my normal habits where every morning I'm getting up, I'm I'm drinking my coffee and I'm watching the news and I end up getting sucked in. And it's providing me zero. Uh, there's no information that's really useful that I need. So finally this week I said, dude, I'm just going to go back to stopping and watching the news. It's just doing nothing for me. It's not moving the needle in my life.
0: It's funny because... I had cut off news for a long time too. And when all this happened, they installed a, I work in a, in an old skiff, you know, there's no windows secured room or whatever. So they, they installed a TV though, so that we could keep up to date on the news. And we've been working flip-flop shifts lately at at work. And so when I'm teleworking right now, like I noticed a drastic, drastic difference in my mood just from sitting around the TV at work. It was like when I'm at home, I'm not really worried about anything. I'm just doing what I got to do. Everything's good. You know, hey, this is a pass. And when I'm at work, it's like, it's hard to ignore the overwhelming because I'm not, they won't let me turn the TV off. But, you know, it's not like I just, it's just, it's just, even if you're not paying attention, it's just there. And it is the just mental shift in negativity. It's insane. It reminds me of
1: uh, George Orwell, which I read uh, 1984 every few years just to make sure I stay vigilant. Uh, The two minutes hate. Everybody wakes up in the morning and, you know, just be angry at the TV for a few minutes. And it really feels so uh, dystopian. But, Jason, your point, I I know you mentioned lives, but what else can people do right now to pivot? At least maybe not specifically because, you know, you're talking to a lot of people, but mentally, right? Aside from turning off the news, you know, I'm really big on curating your Facebook feeds. I mean, just unfollow the people who are not helping. Um, And so do you have any other advice about, you know, mentally pivoting?
2: So I I would say this, I've been teaching something. It's something I I touch on in the Overcome book, but it's something that people have just grabbed onto in this pandemic. It's become one of the biggest things that I've been asked to speak about. And and it's this idea that, that human beings are built on, um, structure and progress and, and and Alex yourself admitted you're like I'm not a structure guy but I will say that obviously you get things done so there is a level of structure somewhere in your life it may not be this really strict you know hey from 5 to 6 a.m. I do this or do that everybody operates off their own flow but the bottom line is there's at least enough structure that you get things done and that's the second component of it progress you know human beings we like to accomplish things Um, It makes us feel good about ourselves. So this is where I've been teaching something in this pandemic. If if you do nothing else every day, I teach the rule of three P's of goal setting. Get up in the morning and write down these three P's, one physical goal, so you're going to get out and you're going to take a walk. Or you're going to get out and you're going to do a workout. You're going to do a chest workout, back workout. You're going to go for a run. You're going to do cross. I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter. But one physical thing a day, one personal thing a day. Uh, <clears throat> one personal thing a day. So this is, and, and really this could be anything. It can be, I'm going to balance my checkbook today. I'm going to pay my bills today. Uh, you know what? I'm going to clean my bathroom today. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to clear out this closet or I'm going to work in the yard or I'm going to play games with my kids. It doesn't matter what it is, but it's something personal that impacts your life. And then the third one is professional. What are you doing professionally? That's going to move the needle right now. There's a lot of people that are out of work. So, you know, they're like, Oh, there's nothing I can do. It's beyond my control. Well, that's absolutely not true. You know, what are you doing? That is. This may be the greatest opportunity ever for you to move out of a lane that maybe you didn't want to be in. I know a lot of uh, I know a lot of um, waiters and waitresses who are out of work and and they never wanted to be a career waiter or waitress. So right now, what a better time to start looking at what other road you could go down and start building that every day, putting a little time in it. It doesn't have to be a lot. But if you block off just a little bit of time to work on that. I guarantee you'll get to the end of the day and you will feel better about yourself Uh, because once again, it comes back to that people feel good about themselves when they've accomplished things. So that's been the biggest advice I've been given on mindset to people, how you build that overcome mindset. It's checking boxes off and feeling good because we're making some progress when you're in a period of society where progress really isn't happening per se. And, and if you listen to the news, you know, the world, literally the world has been shut down. So, um, you know, this is what you're facing.
1: So I love that you gave this advice. I love it. I heard this similar advice years ago and it changed me. So I know what you're saying works, but I heard it a little bit differently. Somebody said you need three hobbies in life to be happy. One to keep you in shape, one to make you money, and one to keep you creative. I say it all the time, I repeat it. It's not the exact like you said, I think I like yours better, but it's that idea, invest in your professional future, your financial future, invest in your physical self, and then your personal. You know, your, For me it's creativity, but for me it's photography, but uh, I just love that, and it's such, a, such well-rounded advice. Three Ps, I like that, that's good advice.
2: Yeah, thank you. Yep, the rule of three Ps.
0: Yeah. I yeah, I mean there's just, and, and I like I mean, the three P's is incredible, but the fact that you mentioned just like writing it down and, and checking it off as you go, I'm a huge advocate for journaling, uh, as far as just writing down what you got to do for the day. I could, I could have the exact same three or four tasks. And if I write them on paper with a little checkbox next to it, I'll get them done. And if I don't, I might get some of them done. And and then at the end of the day, I'm going to go, oh man, I wasted so much time. Why? Well, because I didn't tell myself you're going to do this at this time. And it's just that little difference. Like today I've got a million phone calls. But running is going on in an hour and a half and I will feel way better when that's done. And if I don't do that, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know, haze myself tonight,
2: I guess, but yeah. Public vlogging in the square.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, to your point about structure or, you know, and your comment about or my own comment about being a lack of structure, it's like what you're saying about, you know, people are reward system based. And so if you give yourself a little accomplishment, uh, who's uh mcraven wrote that book make your bed right it's like a two hour on audiobook and it's like dude wake up and make your bed and it it means nothing it seems like it means nothing but you wake up and you're like i got something done now i got some momentum and i feel good now maybe i can get a little bit more done and so you sit there, and i love writing because it just it's one of those things where you write something down it clears your mind out it gets things um it, it turns them from an idea to actual reality. Like, there it is on paper. I'm going to do my three Ps. You wake up, you write them down, and then you have a to-do list. You have a goal set. And if you get them all done, you're like, dude, I mean, those are three. Three can be big or small, but they add up. They add up big, and
2: it's, that's just such a good way to live. I love that. Yeah, it's it's the most basic level, and and that's what it's so funny you brought up McRaven's speech because it's one of the things that I use as an example of that, you know that that structure and discipline. I mean, the structure you're getting up, you're making your bed, the progress you accomplish the goal, and you're like, ah, well, I did something. Now let me let me keep this momentum going throughout my day. So, and I love his example of even if it's a terrible day, you know, you come home and and your bedroom looks nice. It doesn't look like a train wreck drove through it.
1: It's yeah, valid. there's something about there's something about stress. Like when you when your house is a wreck, and in the back of your head you're like, I gotta go home and clean that house. It stresses you yeah, out. You get home, last thing you want to do now is clean the house. And so then you wake up, and that thing just festers. And it's like, it's so meaningless, and yet it's yeah. so impactful. Those small stresses, those small loose ends. Um, I don't know. I just good David.
0: <laughs> I kind of look at I the. Feel it. I kind of look ahead. at the journaling piece. As it's like the way to, you know, get from ground zero to ground one. And then once you make that first step, you're, you're good, right? Well, that kind of ties into something you say all the time is the first step when you, when you come under fire or when you get big is the, the get off the X, right? And I, I'd love if you could just expound on that for just a minute because I've heard you say it before and it's, it's really impactful. And I think a lot of people fail to understand the importance of just starting.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. So it's uh, so funny in our coaching group, the Overcome Army, that was one of the, ha- one of the things we talked about the other night is uh, the power of action or the, the, the power of inaction. So, uh, so this idea of get off the X, it came about because uh, I obviously survived an enemy ambush, pre-vicious enemy ambush in Iraq. And uh, one of the, the principles of how we survived is in the military and special operations, um, we had always been taught that if you are caught in any kind of ambush, whether it is an IED ambush that has additional gunfire, or if you're caught in a sniper ambush, whatever it is, the point of the incident, the point of the attack is the X. And in order to survive, you have to get off the X as quickly as possible, whether you attack into it, whether you blow through it, whether you, you know, navigate around it, whatever you do, you've got to get off the X as quickly as possible. So we utilized that principle for my team and I to survive that firefight along with multiple others that I got in over my career. Well, fast forward um, to laying in that hospital bed. I remember being absolutely overwhelmed with what the doctors were telling me. You know, when I first got to the hospital, I was told, hey, uh, you're, you're, you took two rounds in the left elbow that effectively destroyed your elbow. Um, you know, you have no use of your left hand. Uh, You know, you've got massive nerve damage. You know, we're probably going to have to amputate your arm. You know, you got shot in the face. Your face is all mangled. Uh, I was uh, wired shut. I was trached. I was being fed through a feeding tube. I'd lost so much blood um, that I'd had multiple transfusions. And I was so weak from the blood loss, I couldn't even get out of bed to go to the bathroom. Like Literally, uh, I'd have nurses help me go to the bathroom, which is pretty humbling. So all of this occurred, and uh, and I remember just being absolutely overwhelmed. Like I literally felt like I was back in the firefight, still being shot, and and I was like, I remember kind of a little bit of this epiphany moment. Like, dude, you're you're still on the X, and and you can lay here and feel sorry for yourself, or you can get up and move, and that's what you need to do. You need to get off this X as quickly as possible. So that was kind of the first seed. And then as I started working with more wounded warriors in my nonprofit. I started working with companies and individuals. It, it just started to crystallize. I was like, holy smokes, man, everybody in life gets stuck on the X. Um, whether it's a massive, what I call massive life ambush, you know, it, it is a ambush of life. So it may not be like bombs and bullets that are, you know, like, that are occurring on the battlefield, but they're the bombs and bullets of life. And uh, the average person out there will go through about five Five major life ambushes in their lifetimes, and these can range. And when I talk about a major, it's something that will leave uh, forever, leave mental, emotional, or physical scars on you, or a combination of the three. Uh, so they can be anything from uh, the the ending of a, a pretty deep relationship, whether it's you know boyfriend girlfriend that have been together for years, or it is a marriage, a divorce. It can be uh, a, a personal or business failure, it could be a lawsuit, it could be a bankruptcy, it could be um, a personal injury, personal accident or injury to you or someone you love. It could be sexual trauma to you or someone you love. It could be the unexpected loss of a loved one or uh, one of the biggest ones I've seen is the loss of a the child. These are major life ambushes and when they occur, you're on the X. And how we deal with that, you know, everybody processes it differently. But what I came to realize is the faster you get off the X, uh, the, the, the better you do. And that timeline's a little different based off what happens. Obviously, if you lose a child, uh, I would never expect anyone to be able to run off that immediately. But if you have in your mind that time you get on the X, that you have to get off as quickly as possible, that the X is like quicksand, the longer you sit on it, the more it pulls you down and the harder it is to get that momentum going. Uh, If you can build your life around this mindset, it really starts to play dividends. Um, Because from the majors, they even go, I I rank them in three different categories. You have major life ambushes, you have minor life ambushes, which are really what I call um, scheduled disruptions uh, and, and people may say I'm callous from this statement, but this pandemic, I call this a minor life ambush. Now there are some people out there that it's become a major because uh, they've lost their job or they're losing their business. That's escalating it to the higher level. But for most of us, it's, it's really a major schedule disruption. That's the reality. So it's inconvenient. It's a pain in the butt. Uh, but at the end of the day, most of us are going to walk away without major mental, emotional, or physical scars. So that's why I call it a, a, a schedule disruption, but no different. You are on the X. And so many people, when they have scheduled disruptions like this, man, we know them. They are the individuals that they come into work and like the world has ended and you're like, Oh my God, what happened? And they're like, Oh, my car broke down. And now I'm having to take the bus to get to work. And you're like, Really? You know, I mean, a year from now, you probably won't even remember that. But I know so many people that get on the X. And then the last one, which sometimes is the most dangerous, are micro ambushes. These are the ambushes of the mind. These are those things where, um, like when I went up on that stage with Pedros and I felt like, man, what am I doing here? You know, and, and it, 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 it damages our self-confidence and it damages for a lot of people, it damages our ability to take action. Because we get too afraid and we convince ourselves, you know, you're you're not good enough, you're not fast enough, you're the wrong race, sex, creed, color, you don't have enough money, you're not smart enough, whatever it is, whatever lies we tell ourselves, you're on the X. And there's a lot of people that live their lives on the X. And if you could build this mindset of getting off the X as quickly as possible when these things happen it will be amazing the more success and gains you see in your life. And and there's a whole series of things I teach in my book, something called the react methodology to to a step-by-step process for you to be able to analyze and and take steps to get off the X.
0: Love it. I'm inspired. Today's show is brought to you by audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30 day trial membership just go to audibletrial.com slash military millionaire. Now, why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. I listen to Audible every single day on my commute to and from work. Now, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash military millionaire. So, <laughs> in the beginning of that talk, you... you um...
1: You know, you said I got shot a bunch, my elbow was um, hit, face was hit, trait, but you sound good, you look good, your elbow seems to work. I mean, I can't believe you're not, the, I'd be the biggest egomaniac in the world. I'd be like, I have to tell people I'm invincible.
2: I believe nothing can stop me now (laughs) I you know sometimes I do joke when things are happening and I'll be I'll be like you know so if the plane went down all of you people would die but I'd probably be okay I'd probably walk away
1: dude uh I'm pretty sure M. Night Shyamalan made that movie about you unbreakable
2: pretty sure yeah yeah no I wish that was true man uh no, I definitely learned my own mortality. But, you know, and, and you keep grinding at it. I mean, the, the physical leadership, and this is another thing that I find. It's something else I wrote in the book. I am, I am definitely human. As a matter of fact, I don't care who you are out there and what you've been through, whether you're at the highest levels of the game, like the rock, you know, or others, you're, you're still human and you still have human emotions. You still have the doubts, fears, insecurities that all of us have. And, and it's just people who are super successful have figured out how to get off that X and navigate through them faster, or at least manage them better than others. Um, I used to think, and now I coach a lot of people who will ask me the same thing. They'll say, man, I want to get to a point in my life where I never doubt myself. When do I get to that point? I'm like, I got bad news. Never. It'll never happen. It's just, it's part of who we are and how we're made. But um but as you but,
1: do bigger things, don't you have you have new doubts because you're in a new com- a, a new comfort zone?
2: Absolutely. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm moving in the coaching realm right now, and, and I'm like, ah man, I mean, I feel like I'm pretty qualified to coach, but is my program good enough? And am I like, giving good enough advice and all these things? I mean, it's just natural when we move into areas. But I will say on the physical side, one of the things that happens to so many of us, and it happened to me, I was totally guilty is when, when they were putting me back together and finally, you know, I started working out again, I wanted to be the exact same Jason Redman that I was before I was wounded. And I had these unrealistic expectations and I would get super frustrated because I was so weak. I was so weak. Um, literally, I think I could barely uh, bench the bar when I first started working out again. And uh, I couldn't do push-ups. I used to be really strong in push-ups. I had a good, strong upper body. And just I was weak as water in all these areas. Not only that, it was painful. So I I was – and I got really frustrated. And, you know, I told myself, I'm just not going to do this. This is stupid. You You know, if I can't be who I was before, then this is just a waste of time. But those are additional lies we tell ourselves. And, and what you have to figure out as we get older, as we have injuries, as parts of our lives happen, um, you become a different version of you as we get older. So what I tell people is you got to figure out how to always be the best 100% version of yourself now. As a matter of fact, I describe it with my injuries as imagine if you will, if you had a yardstick. And uh, and we cut out three inches from that yardstick. Well, that yardstick's now 33 inches long. It's no longer 36 inches. It will never be 36 inches again because those three inches have been destroyed because of injury or whatever happened. So it's so unrealistic. But everybody does it. They live their life like, well, I want to be this. I want to be the full yardstick again. Well, you're not, man. I hate to tell you, you never will be. But what you got to be is the best version of the, you know, your new you. And it took me a while to figure that out. And uh, that's what I try and encourage everybody out there. How do you become the best version of yourself?
0: And that that hits home for me. Alex has heard me griping <laughs> about this the last two weeks. I, uh, I So I had my PCL replaced in my left knee in October. And I before I blew it out, I'd been running triathlons. I was... little bit lighter than i am now and i was you know in pretty good shape and it i'm finally cleared to run and so right now i'm like i'm gonna go run three miles and and every time i feel good i try to step it up a notch and i'm instantly reminded like i can't run that fast i can't sprint i can't do like not yet not yet not yet and it's just been like a constant (laughs) sucker punch as i try to push the envelope every week and get reminded that i i can't it's just not it's just not there yet and so i'm 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 not going to say I'm glad to hear that, but uh, I, I, need, I probably needed to hear that right now because I, I know people have been hearing me like, oh yeah, getting back at it. Oh man, that was so, <laughs> oh, I feel it, that right now.
2: It's true. Every, and everybody does. And as we get older, um, our goals change, our lives change, um, you know, where we're at. And I think that's where, you know, how do we find the balance to be the best versions of, version of ourselves? And I think that's the biggest thing where so many of us, (laughs) and I'm super guilty, you know, I want to be that, I want to be that hundred percent version of myself that just, unfortunately, physically, is not possible anymore. You mean I'm not going to be 28 forever? That's bullshit. It is bullshit. I'm so (laughs) damn pissed off, but hey, no. Somebody needs to tell my ego because my ego don't know it. (laughs) That's the the truth. (laughs)
0: All right, so you have had a successful run with, with getting into the entrepreneur space with the nonprofit and and speaking and helping other people get into speaking and now you're the Overcome Army, which we're going to talk about in a second. But what, like, was there a, a catalyst to wanting to get into the entrepreneur space when you got out or how did that, I'm kind of curious how you made the transition from military to like full-fledged, multiple business owner, successful entrepreneur.
2: Um. It was not a plan. I was not a. I was not naturally a business guy. As a matter of fact, sometimes people ask me if you could go back and tell yourself advice on things to do. Um, aside from, <laughs> don't be such a stubborn asshole. Uh, I would tell myself, you know, you're making a lot of money in the military, a decent amount of money, and I pretty much blew all my money when I was younger, uh, pretty much on drinking and partying. That was. What I did. I mean, i probably about the only smart thing I did was I bought my first house when I was 23. Uh, that was about the only sound financial investment I made. Aside from that, it was years before I got smarter with money, and uh, and really started looking at the world from a business sense. And I'll tell you, I am not a natural business guy. I, I'm I'm a little jealous of something like Pedro Sculian is one of these guys. I, I'm um, I'm so. Impressed, and I think a lot of it comes from experience, and a lot of it comes from he just has a natural business mind. Bedros will see how people do things in business, and he will immediately see not only ways he can make their business better, but ways where he can benefit from making their business better. Whether it benefits his business from relationships or whether it benefits his business financially, and uh, and and really, that's a gift. That's an amazing strength for me. That's learned. That does not come about naturally. So fast forward. Really, what happened is it became a uh, it became just a byproduct of what I decided to do. When I was in the hospital, I couldn't wear regular clothes. I ended up having to get my uniform modified to go to a military ceremony because of all the hardware and stuff I had. And somebody said to me, "Man, that's really cool what you did with your dress blue uniform, so that you you know so I could have I had this external fixator in the trach so I could wear my dress blues for this ceremony." And uh, they said, you're probably not the only one that, that needs that. And, and that kind of translated into the creation of Wounded Wear, the nonprofit I started when I was, uh, after I was injured and, you know, t-shirts and all this. So um, we, that grew and I, I learned a lot about business. Uh, I'm the king of the school of hard knocks. Probably other people out there, they're a lot smarter than me. They would have done everything probably at least <laughs> light years faster than I did. But School of Hard Knocks, you learn a lot of lessons and you learn ways to do things and you learn how to hire and all that. So that kind of translated into um, an appreciation for the business world. So, so a lot of times the businesses were launched out of, out of necessity or out of a need. Um, when I uh, was getting ready to get out of the military, I tried to get hired on with speakers bureaus. I was like, yeah, man, I'm gonna, I am want to become a speaker when I get out. This will be great. I couldn't get a single speakers bureau to list me. And uh, so I was like, well, okay, fine. I'll just create my own. So I created my company soft spoken and was like, all right, I'll go out and I'll try and sell myself with, under my speaking company name. Always with the idea of someday creating a speaking company with it. And, uh, and so it just kind of grew. We've done some things right and some things we've done wrong and some things we're always still figuring out. I mean, I think that's part of entrepreneurship. But I will tell you this, the one thing that I don't think I'll ever be able to go back and work for anyone else again, the greatest thing, aside from the highs and lows of riding the money that comes in and the money that goes out and all that, it's the freedom that comes from running your own business. Um, and, and I would not trade that for anything after spending 21 years in the military and, you know, at the end of the day, and, and I I came from probably the most liberal military unit in the entire United States military. I mean, the SEAL teams, you know, we're, we're probably the loosest unit that's out there and we still are very structured compared to the civilian world, but it, it is that ability that, you know, if I want to change my schedule at a second's notice and go to my kid's. Um, you know, soccer game, I can do that. I don't have to ask anybody, you know, and that's one of the greatest gifts that entrepreneurship gives. And I think sometimes, uh, all of us, myself included, sometimes we'll lose sight of that when, you know, when the world shuts down and 96% of your revenue dries up, and you're like, Oh, my God, this sucks. I wish I had a steady paycheck. But the flip side of that coin is, hey, man, you are you're the master of your fate. You are the captain of your soul. So drive forward, grind through the hard times and, and you know, the money comes and goes, but at the end of the day, it's the freedom to be around the people and to pursue the the mission and the purpose that you have in this life. That's what I love about
1: it. W2 is golden handcuffs. Yeah. Yeah. They, they feel nice for a little while.
2: <laughs> you, you you, you, get, you don't have the flexibility you have in a business, the creativity you can have in your own business. And that's, that's a gift. If you're someone who enjoys having that freedom and that flexibility, start your own business, man. It's hard. It's a grind. It'll have its ups and downs. It'll have sleepless nights where if you have staff, you're like, oh my God, like, I can't tell you how many times over so we started our nonprofit in 2009, so 11 years, over the past 11 years, how many times I've, I've looked at our cash flow and said, oh my God, I only have enough money to keep this company afloat for a few more months, you know, and I got to take care of people. And, 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 you know, you figure it out, you grind and I mean, that's just how it is.
1: Starting a business is almost always less money and more work and worth it. Yeah.
2: And that's and that's the hardest thing. It's pushing the I believe button and starting it. Um, you know, continuing to keep it going is really tough. That that middle phase also until you really get the momentum. But for most people, they're too afraid to to push that I believe button and start it. But once you get past that hurdle, man, now it's just, you know, applying the gas and the throttle to get the momentum going.
0: All right. So So transition real quick. We mentioned Overcome Army two or three times throughout this podcast. Can you give us just a brief overview? I know you mentioned you're getting in the coaching space, but you know, what, what is Overcome Army and and who's it for?
2: So the Overcome Army is for anyone out there that wants to be the best version of themselves. I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, it's always fascinating to me. There's a lot of programs that are out there that teach, you know, I'll help you make more money. I'll help you be better. Um, I don't know. I'll help you be the best. Um, Casanova out there. I mean, there's all kinds of different programs that people are sold. But at the end of the day, none of that matters if you don't know how to lead yourself and you don't know how to deal with adversity and overcome the hardships of life. And that's really what I try and teach. It is about that structure and discipline and motivation. It's also being around like-minded individuals. So uh, we don't tolerate negativity in the group. Uh, You know, it says in the rules of the group, if you come in, uh, if you're spreading negativity or if you're attacking other members of the group, um, it's one thing if it's a constructive conversation and you can do it tactfully and diplomatically if you disagree with something saying, but it's another thing if you're just bringing negativity to bring negativity. And the goal is, uh, I call it emotional leadership, your ability to project positivity in the face of negativity. And we need more of that. It's one of my tenants that I teach in something I call the Pentagon, of peak performance, So these are all the things that I teach within the Overcome Army. It is a. uh, I also wanted to make it for the average, everyday person, and I think there are some people out there are like, oh, I don't know, he's a Navy SEAL. He he's probably going to be super hard and rough, and that's. It's not really what I'm about. Um, There are other programs out there that are designed for that. You know, if you want to go get your ass kicked and simulate SEAL training, then. You know, there's, there's some great programs out there like that. Bedros is running a program actually called The Project. And and I love the idea of The Project, but it is definitely not for everyone. I mean, it is a very high end. Uh, it literally is basically hell week for about 72 hours uh, with a spin on it that they teach you how to build your business and stuff like that. And there are some people that, A, they don't need that, and B, um, they they don't want that. So, how do you help people become the best version of themselves? To be the best dad, the best husband, uh, or the best wife, or mom, or the best entrepreneur, or the best physical version of yourself? Those are the things that we're trying to teach. So, uh, you come into the program, and I teach, uh, you, you, I have an online course. So, basically, you have a combination of online classes. I release a new online class every two weeks. Uh, you progress at your own pace. So, if you're super motivated, you know, right now we have about 15 classes, I believe, in there. So you could be super motivated and crank them all out in a week. Or, you know, for most people, it looks like they're doing about one a week. And then every other week we have a live um, kind of a live coaching discussion. So like this week, for instance, we talked about action um, and that stem from every Monday morning in the group, I do a live 7 a.m. on Monday mornings, Eastern time. It's called Monday Muster. And the people that are up, they get up and they're on there with me. And we talk about a topic and we talk about positivity. And we talk about attacking that week and how great it is to have a Monday. You know, Monday, I tell people it's the day you reset. It's the day you pull your compass out and make sure you're on course and then uh, and then usually, we're taking that topic, and that becomes our discussion point for those two lives. and we just talk about uh, you know where can we better implement action and try and get some uh, conversations going within the group so that's the Overcome Army. It's the group coaching program. I'm also doing individual coaching, so working with people one on one, getting deeper into the weeds on who they are and trying to develop action steps for them um, and and someday. Uh, we will escalate this to even one additional higher level. It's part of the the plan for the group is uh, I ran a program for wounded warriors for a while called the overcome Academy. It was a leadership program for wounded warriors. And it really was a step-by-step process on how to build your life after you left the military. How do we define our new mission? How do we find our new purpose? How do we navigate in this uncertain world called the civilian world? But uh, funny had a lot of wounded warriors that were like, dude, everybody could use this. So I took all that curriculum and someday that will probably turn into who a mastermind called the Overcome Academy again. So people within the Overcome Army, if they want to step up to that higher level, we really want to be able to design a roadmap for them to accomplish their hopes and dreams and really know who they are. That's awesome. awesome.
0: There's definitely use for that for sure. So i don't know what you're pointing at but (laughs) uh all right so jason thank you so much for joining us today the one thing i always ask everybody at the end of the show is where can people get a hold of you
2: yeah dave thanks man and alex uh definitely great to be along with both you guys uh you guys can find me the easiest place jasonredman.com that's my main website and from there it takes you everywhere else it's got all my social media links I have getoffx.com is my site that has my coaching, my online store. uh, And I'm on all the socials. So Jason Redman, WW is pretty much my handle for everything. So Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. And I have a YouTube channel for uh, videos and stuff. Oh, my my webcam cut.
0: (laughs) Alex is frozen and we are all here. Not cool, bro.
2: Yeah, no, but got, we, we can see you as a thinker. Oh, you're back. I got backups.
0: So. I got backups. Hey,
2: um,
1: I uh, Googled you. You're like, your website doesn't come up on front page. You got a, you got good news. You got good, you got good uh, SEO here.
2: <laughs> uh, for my name. We actually just, uh, so we, we created a new website. It's funny. It's actually one of our to-dos is continuing to improve the SEO on our current website to drive it to the top. So.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, look, if you're, if Gary Sinise and Wikipedia are the first two entries, you're in good shape. <laughs>
2: Not too bad. Not too bad.
0: <laughs> Love it. Jason, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Yeah, Dave, you and Alex both, man. You guys keep crushing it and uh, good luck out there. If I can help in any way, please, please let me know.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from military slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show, give us a review on iTunes, now get out there and take action.